Posse Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. It's 10 p.m. Eastern, which means it's grassy after hours. Grassy. And tonight, even though you'll see this tomorrow, today we have uh, a monument, an American treasure <laughs> on the show. This man right next to Mount Rushmore taking a picture of it. He is a writer for She Said TV, The Packer Report, and of course, a regular on the Pack-A-Day podcast. He is the man. He is the icon, Dusty Evely. Dusty, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Tom. This is uh, amazing. Love your stuff. I'm going to try to keep up with your energy. We're going to fail, and so <laughs> I'm just going to try to just be real low-key, probably. But, yeah, no, yeah, actually, thanks for having me on, man. If you could just, like, every time you talk, if you just go, like, super monotone, just so, like, we totally screw with people listening with headphones, because, like, I'll just be at a 26, and if you could just come in, sure. like, my chemistry and art professor in college, that would be great. Like, mm-hmm. and just, like, Done and done. (laughs) You guys are going to go to sleep and I will wake you the hell up in the middle of this show. (laughs) No, man, it's been absolutely great having you on. You are a legend on the Packers Twitter. And I have to say that your good morning messages with featured an Aaron Rodgers majestic throw every morning just got me through so many dark days. So thank you for that. (laughs) It was it was wonderful. I was like, oh, yes, I forgot that beautiful man is our quarterback. And, and then hit, hit, hit the like button, and then I went on with my day. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's about what most people do. Yeah, I turn those into articles now. But it's been it's been fun, man. You kind of dig going back through uh, little bits of of maybe some big moments and some not so big moments, but just kind of remembering. My God, he had some throws. <laughs> you know, and it, it, I find that like, out of all times, like now is the most needed. Because with every all the craziness going on, I mean, like you mm-hmm. had people last year who were just like, all right, time to move on from Rodgers. And I'm like, what are you on? And can I have some? Because like, <laughs> no, just, just, just no. And like everyone talking about Rodgers declining and they were pointing at all these stats and they were like, oh, he's not throwing 40 TDs anymore. And like the number one thing that stands out to me, I'm like that that touchdown throw to Jamal Williams in the Chiefs game. I'm just like, I mm-hmm. show me so, uh, someone else who could do that. <laughs> He had the Kumaro one earlier in that game as well. That might be even crazier. Yeah, it's just like he just he does that on the regular. Or like just you forget. Oh yeah, no, he does that multiple times a game. Where, yeah. And then you watch, I don't know, Jameis Winston or like <laughs> it's just a lot of other quarterbacks. Like, oh yeah, I forgot he is a good quarterback. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Jameis Winston, who's just like I'm going to throw it over those mountains over there, and it's still going to get picked <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm I'm hyped for the uh, Jameis Winston got LASIK and apparently it's still a bad quarterback. I'm really looking forward to that. He's a field back. That's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, you, you just look forward to some of these takes and you're just like, I just know it's coming. I'm going to put up the hurricane shutters mm-hmm. and just and just buckle down the hatches because it's going to be uh, it's going to be a wild ride. But mm-hmm. uh, of mm-hmm. course, you know, and it's it's always a catch twenty two because I have always found that when the Packers do well like incremental little changes to the channel viewership, etc. When the Packers mm-hmm. either suck or they make a drastic move, like with Jordan love, 
all-time highs. And I will say, the draft, <laughs> an all-time high. <laughs> so it, it, it definitely, yeah. it, it balanced me out. I was just like, wow, this is so great. And oh, okay, this could be better. But um, I, let, let's, let's start there, because if we're going to start anywhere, that just makes, uh, that makes the most amount of sense. So the 2020 NFL draft, uh, not a lot of surprises from the Packers, kind of just very, you know, standard to the record, no real big shocking picks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. starting with there, what was your uh, initial reactions and maybe even post reactions of, you know what, just give me the draft in its entirety. Cause I feel like at this point it's just, it, it can get lumped together. Yeah. I mean, when I think the draft, I think um, first three rounds, cause those first three rounds were, were big and the rest after that, it's like, Oh yeah, those guys probably are not seeing the field at least anytime soon. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, initial immediate reactions. Uh, so I watched uh, the first round with my brother and a friend on my friend's back porch, more than six feet away. You understand? <laughs> of course. And so we're watching it and it's like, oh man, like, well, first of all, you're waiting because Justin Jefferson's falling a little bit. We had, I had really high hopes for a bit of like once CD Lamb got to like 13, I was like, well, you know what? There's a chance. <laughs> there was never actually a chance. Um, we're watching these guys fall and they trade up and you're like, okay, well, I wonder who they're going to grab it. And it was Jordan Love. And it was kind of a, everyone there was just, was just bafflement, I guess is yeah. the best way to put it. Like, just what, what is this? And honestly, the next two picks weren't a whole lot better in terms of that. So it was, you know, <laughs> yeah. by, I think by the time I left my friend's house, we, I, I actually like, okay, Jordan Love, I can get it. I just still don't love it because you want them to do something now, but also, you know, natural progression of guys, blah, 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 blah. Sure. Um, and you can, you can always do the thinking. I, and then you get round two. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I some guys are really into Antonio Gibson. I really want Antonio Gibson. And then it was, okay, they had, you know, AJ Dell. I'm like, okay, what year is this? Like, <laughs> I don't understand what this is. And then round three was there's still some weapons and it's, it's the guard. Like, I don't understand. I got, I think the day after the third round, I really talked myself into it where it was, yeah. you know, the, the, you can see, I look at the offense enough where I can see where those pieces fit. I, I, I'm familiar with the floor system enough and you can see, like, I was like, okay, this is not, it's still like I love the players hate the value type of thing. Exactly. Like I like who they got. I like who they got for what they want to run. I still think second round for a running back and third round for a tight end. I don't love that, especially when tight end is not going to be like an uber dynamic guy. I like him, but it's just, it's. I don't know I've I've got to the point where I talked myself into it, but at the time, each of the first three picks was I don't understand what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I've I've come around on it a bit. But that was that was initial reaction. I think. Yeah, and you know what? The worst part was, so we drafted Jordan Love, and like he, it was funny because like Andy Herman reached out to me too, and was just like, "Who was the one guy you don't want them to get in the first round?" And I was like, "Jordan Love," because, and again, like you said, it's not the player. It, it that that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. it. Like if we got if we went out and got you know a Mims or if we got you know a big time wide receiver or somebody somebody that we was going to use mm-hmm. like right now in the first round, and then we got Love in the second, cool. Like I'm I'm totally good with it. Right. Like we're we're totally on the same level. But it, the, yeah. what was worse was that, like, we got love and we're like, okay, he's a project and I think he can be a very good player. Obviously, nobody knows. But, like, you know, I think he can be very good. You know, 2018 was great for him. 2019, a little bit more difficult. But the the thing that I think was the best was that I remember recording the Jordan Love video, like, after the dra- after the first night of the draft. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's okay, guys. We got plenty of time to draft weapons. And then night two happened and I'm like, what the actual like what do you want from me like a crap i got nothing i can't say anything anymore like i ever never listen to me again because i'm I'm, like i that one 
yeah, those ones hurt more because like you said, like I come around on it, I'm like, okay, they're good players. Yep. But I'm just like, okay, okay, yep, just I'm not the GM. I'm not the GM. <laughs> well, and I've heard you've heard stories about like uh you know, di- different people being high. Like it wasn't like the well, no one had a you know, no one had above a fifth round grade on Degora. Well like yeah. analysts didn't, but I think I had heard stories about like the Patriots wanting to go up and get him because they like the skill set. Like you don't really know how that goes, and so the, what I'm going to say is a it's a blanket statement with with zero truth to it. But if it were to fall the same way, but they were able to get Dylan in three, and if they stole the fourth round pick and they got Degore on the fourth, and they got uh, someone like Chenault or someone mm-hmm. in the second, then it's then it's okay. You still you got Jordan Love, but then you also got a weapon in the second. And okay, a running back in the third, a tight end in the fourth doesn't sound quite as bad, but it's that. Uh, that one, two, three punch was just, yep. oh my goodness, what is this? Yeah, it was just, uh, but yeah, it's, it's come around on it. It just, it, it took a bit. Yeah, it just, it, <laughs> it did. And it took, it took alcohol. It, 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 it definitely well, did. Yeah, yeah, it took a bit of alcohol. Yeah, just, a, just a smidge, just, just a, an absolute, just a, just a droplet of it. Yeah. And yeah, the tiniest bit. <laughs> and I think the, the, the best part about like this entire thing was like, you bring up like the whole like analyst thing is I remember because after the AJ Dillon pick, Jay Sternberger called in while we were live streaming and we were like, oh, let's talk about the pick, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, you know, as long as they don't draft a tight end because you're our, our TA, TE1. And then they draft. And I literally, like, I texted him and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> So yeah, Stop that, like, talking, Tom. Stop <laughs> yeah. So like, I just had no words after that, and I was like, I just need to go take a shower, a bath, like, mm-hmm. and just do anything. So, all that being said, so after the traumatizing uh, draft, and again, we don't know. Like, we have no idea. Like these right. guys, like they may be drafting up schemes that are going to blow us away. Will they? I don't know, but. You know, I had to hope on. I, at this point, I just have to be like, yeah, I have to, I have, to have some hope and faith. So, looking yeah, at this yeah. season, when because like you said that you came around on it, and I would agree with that too. But I feel like the, the it completely and totally divided the fan base. We went from like we love Brian Gutekunst to now there's like a vocal following that's like we want him fired. He screwed up the team. Like it's so bad. They're running Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. out of town. And like five minutes ago, we were just like, oh, Goody's the best. <laughs> and it, it changed <laughs> quick. Like Packers Twitter in a heartbeat was just like, now we hate everybody. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned those good morning things. I started those before the draft. Like I didn't mean it to become like a daily thing, but I started doing them before the draft. I didn't do them the day after the first round because the negativity was so big. Was I was bad. like, I just can't get on at this point. Like I'm just, I think I did later that night, but I was like, I just, I can't bring myself to open the app this morning, which, yep. you know, wasn't bad. My mental health was real nice that day. <laughs> it was a really good morning, actually. Yeah. It uh, was. It was tremendous. It, it took me about a good week to go through those DMS that I got from that weekend. And like, there was times where I like looked and I just, and then I would get like three more and I just threw them to like, I threw it on the couch and was like, Nope, Tommy's not looking at this today. (laughs) I can't do it today. I can't do it today. So that being said, there of course is there's optimism, some optimism for the Packers this year, which there should be. And then there's a ton of Mm -hmm. pessimism. that's just like, okay, the Packers, they did not get better at key positions, what have you. So what is your take on 
have the Packers improved in this offseason? Have they regressed or have they kind of just like stayed the same ish? If everything, you know, like based off the draft and obviously we don't know which guys are going to make a big jump, you know, coming into this year. Yeah, I mean, I look at it based on kind of position group and in, in terms of how that how that does the whole and then also what they're trying to do with all of it. So I think it's tough, man. I think better. Um which is weird to say considering how upset I was at some of the draft stuff initially. But, um, you know, if you look at like kind of where some of the upgrades and downgrades took place, it was they basically traded out John Wilson for Devin Funches and Mm -hmm. then say what you will about Devin Funches, but he's better than John Wilson. Um, And also, I mean, you kind of mentioned the the progression thing. It's, uh, you know, I love the wide receiver group was insane this year, just insane this year. But it's rare for a rookie wide receiver to come in and, and be productive right away. Now there's been, recent examples of that i know for example like hollywood brown was doing some stuff last year and you know uh, dk metcalf was used in a way that they kind of were able to do you know he had a solid year but for the most part they're not going to come in and be like mainstays on offense and be game changers immediately so Mm -hmm. you so you have hopes for guys like mbs who started out hot and then got injured and kind of lost a little confidence last year and eq who was you know tremendous so that wide receiver group you, you basically trade out punches for allison Allison for Funches, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then you're hoping uh, EQ and MBS progress. So you've got that. Um, the running back room, you know, the running back is one of the positions where you can come in from the draft and, and do things right, right away. And so I think Dylan, uh, I hate to say it, man, I love Jamal Williams with my whole entire heart, but I, I think Dylan is an improvement over Jamal Williams okay. um, in the running game. I'm not sure about the receiving game right now. And you know, Williams pass pro almost at this point is legendary. Uh, but Dylan has kind of talked about that. So I think that's an improvement. Um, and then, you know, Graham leaving, but you've mentioned Sternberger a few times and uh, him maybe stepping up into that, that tight end one role as opposed to, say, Jimmy Graham. And then you've got maybe Tanyan taking a step and maybe whatever DeGuar is able to bring in his rookie year. So that's an improvement there. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's still issues. I mean, I think the downgrade from Belaga to, to uh, Wagner is significant. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think and I think they've stayed pretty steady across the board for better or worse. I mean, you want some guys. It's a lot. So much is just hinging on the improvement of those younger guys. You know, Sternberger is he ready to be tight end one? Um, Rashawn Gary, what are they going to do with him? He's going to get more snaps. He basically just needs to be a better version of Fackrell, which he already is. But mm-hmm. how does he improve? EQ, MBS, Kingsley, Kiki, Shannon Sullivan, like so many of those young guys. Like it sucks because there's so many ifs there. There's so many like, well, you hope Chandler Sullivan showed a lot last year. Is he ready to be maybe that nickel guy? Like you don't really know. Maybe Josh Jackson finally shows up this year. Um, Please. (laughs) I mean, there's so much has been written and talked about the run defense and that's Montrevious Adams who was in the news today. That's fun. Um, Yeah, it's fine, kids. Don't look at it. It's fine. It's all good news. He he celebrated a birthday party. Yeah, no, he's real happy. His pictures are smiling really big. So, I mean, some of that, like, but those were, those were issues last year. Those were, we yeah. knew that going into the year last year. And so it's so much of this, you're hoping for natural progression. And so I'm, I'm in the, I think they're better. I think I've seen a few other people talk about this as well, but I think they're a better team next year. And also year two of LaFleur's offense mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I think they're a better team, but I also think their record probably won't be as good because it's, it's super hard to win 13 games, especially after winning the division. That's just a tougher, tougher schedule. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And and I think that, you know, the way that you say you lost, obviously, like Blake Martinez, right? And you traded him out for Christian yeah. Kirksey. And then you got Kamal Martin, who's in there. And then any other guy who's just like, you know, it decides if they want to cover the middle. That'd be nice. Um, but like you you have that, which I don't think is a downgrade. I think the biggest downgrade is what you mentioned was Bulaga to Wagner. And, you know, yeah. that could be problematic. I could also imagine them moving guys around, hopefully you know, one of the three offensive linemen that we drafted in the sixth round is okay. But I think it's, you know, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago. You know, I, I'm not entirely worried about this year. This year, I'm like, okay, I think the Packers, bare minimum, you know, if they don't get, they didn't get better, they're not going to regress a ton. I don't think their record is going to be 13-3, and right. like you said, because they do have a tougher schedule. They are going to be playing some harsher competition. The NFC North, you know, should still be a, a three-way battle because who knows what the Lions are going to do. But... At, at the same time, you know, when you're when you're looking at it from that standpoint and saying, OK, the Green Bay Packers are going to be OK this year. Next year is what concerns me, because that's when you have a crap ton of free agents. And especially, yeah. you know, if we start talking about like coronavirus and how that's going to impact revenue and things like that and how that's going to impact the increase of the cap. Like you have significant guys that are going to potentially be off this team. And that's the scary thing for me, because then you go from, oh, you're going to start losing serious people. And so I, I'm, my question to you is like with a guy like AJ Dillon, if you're spending a second round pick on him, while I, I agree that he is an upgrade over Williams, where do you see him fitting in beyond this year? Like, do you think, do you think it's kind of just like leverage against Jones in case he blows up again? And then we're like, okay, crap, we can't pay you. Um, you know, we kind of just have this guy to step in. Like, how did you view that pick? Or was it just like, we just want a really, really good running team? I just, I always assumed that um, that Aaron Jones is not coming back. Uh, just because, I mean, and I hate to say it, because Aaron Jones, like, <laughs> is a great history of Packers running backs. Um, Aaron Jones might be one of my favorites, just what he can bring yeah. to the table, just his, his story, his, attitude um his enthusiasm like i just his versatility i love aaron jones but i kind of went into uh went into last year thinking okay maybe they bring jamal williams back um just because he'd be cheaper just that that there's not a ton of value in people paying for that mm -hmm. um yeah i'm very much against paying running backs big money but other teams are not and so i could i could totally see a situation where aaron jones maybe wants to come back and then some dumb team, Jacksonville, throws the bag <laughs> at him. Yeah. And the Packers just are not going to do it. And so yeah. I, I kind of went in this year, and there's a couple different things. I, I kind of went in this year thinking, okay, Jones isn't going to be back. Um, when Dylan was drafted, that seemed very much a, okay, Jamal Williams is not going to be back. Uh, but that doesn't really tell me anything about um, Jones. Now, if I were to guess, I would – I would think they brought Tyler Irvin back as well, yeah. but only on a one-year deal. Exactly. Irvin can do some of that stuff. He's not as dynamic of a runner, um, but he, he's got the receiving game down. They, there may be someone they like in next year's draft with that kind of skill set. I mean, Jones was, what, fifth-round pick? Yeah. Fifth-round pick? Fifth-round pick, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, so you can you can find those guys that fit that. I, just, I assume they're going in saying, okay, Dylan's going to be kind of workhorse guy. They did a lot of pony package stuff last year with Williams and Jones on the field at the same time. I think they're going to work on some of that. Uh, Dylan makes it a little more versatile now. And I think they're just banking on likely both Jones and Williams gone after this year. That's, that's my assumption. I yeah. Think. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, this was, 
This was before the draft. I put out a video like, are we going to re-sign Aaron Jones? And the amount of comments I got of like, uh, yeah, this is the stupidest video of all time. Why wouldn't we? And look what happened <laughs> now, guys. All right, you bunch of douches. You're just like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna let him go. Well, look now, guys. Dusty said it, and it's in stone now. He's gone. I'm gonna tweet at Aaron Jones tonight and just be like, "Can you believe what he said about him?" <laughs> but can you believe this, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I, I think, like you know, that that's a pretty logical way of thinking. You know, like, the guy had, what, 16 on the ground this year? And then, like, what was it, three, I think, through the air? Like, t- TDs? Like, yeah. the guy was a monster. And you see, like, obviously what Christian McCaffrey got, but I completely agree. Some team is just going to be like, here you go. I mean, I'm sure, like, the Jets will cut Le'Veon Bell after spending a kajillion dollars on him, and they'll be like, let's do it again, mm-hmm. guys. This will be fine. So, yeah, I can <laughs> totally see another team doing that, and the Packers are just be like, yeah, no, we, we can't do that because like the, the well, his, well yeah. skill set is such you can do you split him out a wide receiver like you yeah don't, if you split him out a little bit he doesn't take the pounding that he would if he's if he's running back at running back and doing that all the time so you can totally see a team like well we don't really like saying running backs but he's not really running back well, yeah. but, but he is like he's a versatile running back but his value is not in being a slot receiver his value is in what he can bring to both of those roles as well and so it's a like it, his body maybe holds up a little longer than maybe a traditional running back, which is not Zeke Elliott, just like pounding through the line. Sure. He can do that, but that's not what he's going to be doing. But it's just this, it, it, he's, he's a running back and I love him, but you, you don't pay big money, especially like you said, you don't know what's going to happen with the cap and all the money. I mean, you've got, uh, what, two, two offensive linemen up after next year. Bakhtiari and Lindsay are both out. Yep. Uh, Rogers cap hit goes, goes way north. I think the Darius and Preston start getting a little more expensive as well. Yep. It gets tighter anyway to where I'm sure Russ Ball can do something, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, paying you running do back so much. Aaron Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's not like just creating money. It's, it's, <laughs> it's tough, man. It's real tough. He's like uh he's like splitting the layers between the dollars to like make two. He's just like, There you go. It's like <laughs> doing that with the toilet paper from the office. He's just like, Here you go, guys. We got more now. There's the innovative thinking that I need from Russ Paul. That, <laughs> that's it. He's just like with with the spindle and everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's it's <laughs> it's not crazy. And again, like you have guys like Kevin King, big question mark. What we were talking about before, um, mm-hmm. Kenny Clark is going to have to get paid a crap ton of money. You know, like yeah. uh, and that yeah. the, these trains are coming. You know, and this is like this is the problem with you know everyone was everyone harps on Ted Thompson and some and sometimes rightfully so about like his mm-hmm. hesitancy to go into free agency, and like you you look at like when Goody goes in makes a huge splash and hits on the majority of guys right so Amos he hits on mm-hmm. them he hits on both of the Smiths Billy Turner the jury's still out on that but like he hits on the majority of the guys they make an immediate impact on the field and you're like oh my god we should do this all the time this is what i've been saying like we should go and get all these guys but like no because that's not how the cap works if i get one more question about getting obj i might throw myself off a bridge because guys no we can't afford it like that's not how it works we're not on madden we didn't turn the salary cap off and it's just it's it's crazy that like we we are we're getting these guys, but I also understand because it's that like instant gratification of we get somebody that we know is proven and boom we put them on. But I will say like a lot of people were like, "Whoa, we gave Zadarius Smith a crap ton of money," and now a lot of those mm-hmm. people are very very quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. And I mean, you also get the I mean, you get the instant gratification as well in terms of just those guys can step on the field and produce. You look at someone like. 
like Dubois, and I really, really like him. But tight ends are the toughest positions in the league uh, to come in from college and produce right away. There's mm-hmm. just you're learning not only your receiving responsibilities, you're basically learning the line like line calls. You're, you're an additional offensive lineman, especially him. What they're likely going to do with him, and so instead of that, is we'll just pay a tight end. Well, yeah, he comes in right away, but then. <laughs> Three yeah. years, like, oh crap, we don't need money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, this is gonna be well. That's what we were talking. I was looking ahead um, at like our wide receiver issues too, because mm-hmm. we have. I think Devonte has two seasons left. Don't quote me on that. I think it like, yeah, I think 2022. He's done. I think maybe potentially. Okay. Um, I think yeah. Anyway, so the problem is though, is like if let's just say worst case scenario, none of the wide receivers step up. They're just like, no, we're not, gonna, we're not gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Like then we literally like in a few years don't have any wide receivers like and we're gonna have to have another 2018 draft again where we're just like okay let's bring them all down and you know Mm -hmm. that that's one of the things you brought up before about young talent needing to step up and i feel like that's what's pissing a lot of people off because they are looking at it of we want shiny and new like we want a justin jefferson we want somebody who could step on the field and obj whatever right away produce for us etc but at the same time goody's kind of like doing that draft and develop mentality-esque and saying, no, like we drafted these guys, they're going to have to step up. We're looking for Josh Jackson to do something. We're looking for EQ or MVS to step up because now it's been a few years into their career, you know, Alan Lazard coming back, that they are Mm -hmm. the guys that we are investing in and it's either going to go really, really well because it's going to, you know, keep the cap healthy and it's going to look really, really good or it's going to completely and totally blow up in their face. Yeah, yeah, no, I, mean, I think I think some of that too is just it's a, um, you know, I think if MBS doesn't get injured last year, people have a different view of him. I, I do think yeah. he has his issues, but I think that it's a different view. And also, he's the only fast guy on the team. Like, if you're running Geronimo Allison on jet sweeps, no one's going to respect a jet sweep, and that affects your downfield passing. Yeah, uh, that kind of changed once they got Irvin, but he was injured at that point. So I think MBS tailing off a little, and then also, um, you know, we haven't seen EQ for whole year yep. those are like the two guys with a huge promise that one guy kind of looked to underperform and one guy we just haven't seen so uh, i mean my hope is by week one that week one this coming year like oh okay no we're fine everything's fine <laughs> never mind we're but good I'm, now i'm optimistic by nature so <laughs> I, I i don't know if that will happen but that's certainly what i in my mind that's what i'm seeing you know and honestly like i can't tell you how even today even today, I'm just like, hey, guys, guess what? We've had, like, a good decade or two. Like, we're okay. Like, listen, I know that we all want Aaron Rodgers to get more rings. Everybody on the Packers fan base does. But, like, we're also in it every single year with him behind center. Yeah. And I can't tell you the amount of people that were like, well, that's before Goody came in and did a trash draft. And I'm like, you don't know. You don't know. Like, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Well, the thing... And the thing I, I, I watched some of your draft stuff. I think you said it. And I know we were saying as we were watching the draft too, was this like, listen, man, uh, we, like you say, you, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and if, if Rogers starts declining or, or Rogers leaves and Jordan Love steps up and Jordan Love is the quarterback for the next 10 years, no one cares nope. what else happened in this draft. It does not matter. Nope. It does not matter. So that's, uh, that's, that's one of the big things we kept telling ourselves. Like everything could crash and burn if Jordan Love hits. Like no one cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if we get the next Aaron Rodgers, like for and we're we're good for the next decade. 
Like everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, that was a great draft." I was always supportive of it. <laughs> well, they took a running back in the second round. <laughs> Listen, <you> know, <laughs> yes, yeah, we're still gonna get that every every day of my life. <laughs> every every freaking day. Which is day. fine. Like I get it, man. Yeah. Especially now, it's such a weird time. People wanna. I'm I'm trying to uh, stay optimistic. Some people want to complain. Like I just, you know, I get it. Just get your get your jollies in, however you want to get them in. That's yeah, exactly. You know, and that's the thing too. Like, there's a difference between like being a homer, right? And then there's a difference between like, mm-hmm. hey, like I'm optimistic about this team because of everything that we just talked about. You could also say yeah. like, yeah, they're gonna like it. You think it's gonna suck, what have you? But at the same time, like if you're already giving up on this season, like why are you gonna watch the game? Like just. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I understand, yeah. like, if you want to crap all over it, and that's fine. So, like, a year or two years from now, you could be like, look, I told you guys I was right. Okay, sure. Oh like, what, whatever. So, you could retweet yourself in two years and be like, I'm a messiah. Fine. Like, that's great. That's wonderful. But, like, at the same time, you know, I, I think, like, there's there's some glass half full kind of takes you can absolutely do. Might be full of something that's alcoholic, but it's fine. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> All that being said, so we we talked about um, we kind of like got into like how you think like the picks will be utilized like with Deguera and and things like that. Um, kind of like what are some of the things that excite you the most about this upcoming season? Whether it's having anything to do with the draft or you know key players that you're looking out for to take that next step. What have well, like what has got you excited to be a Packers fan into the 2020 season? So much, man. So much has got me excited. Um... I mean, you you know, I've been following uh, essentially just, not just, but I've been looking at the passing game for the past two years. So I'm real big into passing game and kind of how that's going to look like. So, I mean, I kind of mentioned earlier, but and just how this before offense is going to look. We got um, we got taste of it last year. I know they said uh, there's still some McCarthy stuff in there, and Rogers has, has talked about that as well, and how they're going to kind of go a little more into the floor stuff. And, and with that, one of the things I'm really excited about I think I know the floor has. I think Rogers has alluded to as well. Just the the length of the play calls, just um, how long it is. And Rogers talked about the kind of translation stuff that he's had to do when he gets the call. I'm like, okay, well, he's calling it this, but I call it that. Yeah. So I have to call it that, but I have to know what the play is. So you've got this this kind of this this translation has to happen, and, and that kind of slows stuff down along with some of the long names. Uh, with with that second year and a little more familiarity with that, I'm really really excited just to see maybe a little more tempo. I mean, it's been you know, I feel like a couple of years now, Rogers, you know, running the play clock down to within five all the time. And some of that this past year sounded like that was the length of the play calls. And the floor has talked about wanting to go a little more up tempo. So I'm excited about, and I think with, you know, with the Guara, with maybe, um, with some other guys that they have in there, this idea of going a little more, uh, multiple, of being able to run, uh, you know, different plays out of the same personnel groupings will allow them to stay on the field and allow them to go a little more no huddle. And, 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 and I mean, I say no huddle. That's not like, seven seconds or less. Like, yeah. We're not going balls to the wall here, but it's, you're getting up, you're trying to find your mismatches, and then you just don't let the defense sub out, and you do that for as long as you can on a drive. So I'm really excited about that. I think with some of the pieces, I think um, I don't think Degar uh, is going to be like a huge piece right away, yeah. but I'm really, really excited about him just in terms of this offense. I feel like that's kind of the key that unlocks a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do with some of the different personnel groupings. Um, I think like a grouping of... Uh, Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Tyler Irvin, uh, Jay Sternberger, and Robert Tanyan or, or Mercedes Lewis would be awesome because you can do a lot of kind of passing or power run stuff with that and just see how uh, the versatility, something like that goes. And I'm also just excited to see 
man, what is, uh, you know, I'm a big MVS guy, so I'm mm-hmm. excited to see him at full strength, and I'm really excited to see EQ out there. Um, I mean, beyond that, you know, just the defensive side as well, just the Smiths, just watching Zedaria Smith is a blast. Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's, uh, there's causes for concern, I think, um, but overall, I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see some of these young guys. I'm excited to see the biggest thing is what is this offense look like? What are they doing? Are they, can they go spread with four tight ends? I don't know. We're going to find out. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's different looks, it's different player personnel and different packages. And I think like that, and I think that Matt LaFleur, like you alluded to, this is going to make it more of his own, right? Because like, it was mm-hmm. okay. You know what? We have our game plan, but like, sometimes we need to fall back on the McCarthy era because that's what Rogers has been used to his entire career. And, you know, he was. Ta- mm-hmm. I think Rogers was talking about like how he's always going to wear like the armband with all the plays on it, just because he's just yeah. like, oh god, all right, what does this one mean? And like again, if you have more <laughs> of that tempo and kind of more of that quick offense, it's just going to make him more lethal. Um, mm-hmm. And and so, what speaking about Rogers in particular? So, where are you on the train of Aaron Rodgers? We started off with this show basically you know, blushing over how he can still make these amazing throws, right? However, mm-hmm. and, and and people point to this, and this annoys me, they point to his stats, they point to, like, his TD numbers, and they're like, oh, look, they're low. And I'm like, well, we're becoming a more balanced team, so that makes sense, you know, if we're utilizing Aaron Jones more and the running game, et cetera, blah. Do you see, mm-hmm. like, a, a noticeable decline within the past let's just say two seasons so like the 2018 and 2019 season for Aaron Rodgers in that you know whether it's because of a lack of weapons whether it's him actually just declining with age as everybody does um or you like no this is such an overblown narrative um maybe it's a little of both if that's a good answer 2018 (laughs) is tough just because you had the the broken leg, yeah. my, you know the whole my my leg, um, <laughs> which on that broken leg threw one of the best throws I've ever seen in my life to uh, to draw him out from the back of the end zone um, in that Bears game. Uh, I think it's tough. You know, I I watched I watched the passing game very very closely, and so you had games last year um, that Week 17 Lions game comes to mind where he was and he missed some throws in that game. I know he missed um, Aaron Jones on a wheel real bad. Uh, Jones had his guy. I think that was a tight end. Or a tight end. I'm sorry. I think that was in the red zone. Would have been a touchdown, and he missed him by a solid five yards. He did the same thing. I think in the Eagles game, um, just just missed him on a wheel route, like you know, a 12 yard wheel, not like sure. a 30 yard wheel or something. Um, and he missed some downfield stuff as well. Now, some of that I do think is a little overblown, just because I know that Lions game in particular. I don't have the stats in front of me, but his completion percentage was around 50. percent Like it was ugly, and it looked like he was overthrowing a bunch of guys. Um, I watched that a whole bunch of times, and a lot of that I think was just receiver miscommunication. It was, mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple I know downfield ones that looked looked like Rogers overthrows them by ten yards, but the way the safety was playing, it looked like Rogers was throwing a post, and Lazard would cut it off on like a deep dig route or something like that. So I, it, it's impossible to tell some of that stuff, but it looked like option stuff, and, and Rogers was kind of frustrated and looked to be pointing to tell him like, you know, cut that off here. So. I think um, I think it's overblown, and I I also think you know there's you remember the most recent things or some of the worst things when you're thinking back. So you sure. think of that Lions game, or you think of some of those missed throws against the Eagles, or something like that. I think some of it is um, you know not necessarily having that chemistry with his receivers. I do think some of it, and I you know it, it's got to be a natural decline. He's 
37. I'm um, going to be 40 here in like about a month and everything in my body just is breaking down. <laughs> uh, so how, how she's doing what she's doing, I don't know. I know I've seen a decline in my own life uh, very poorly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's a decline. Um, I don't think it's a steep one at yeah. the moment. I mean, he's not, he's not as fast as he once was. If you watch um, like the 2011 season, that ball is just exploding out of his hands, yeah. quick out of the pocket. Like he's, he, I mean, that's that's God mode, Rogers, right there. So it's tough to compare. But I think there's, I think there's been a decline. But I also think he's still a top five quarterback in the league. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much of the. There's been a decline, but I think some of the stuff's overblown, just because I do think there's a um, unfamiliarity with a new system and unfamiliarity with with some of these receivers that were kind of brought in, and yeah. also drop passes, man. Oh yeah. You think of like. Like Graham dropped the big one in the Niners game, and there was a um, there's a handful of drop passes. I mean, Allison dropped you know his fair share. Uh, MBS dropped one at the beginning of that Week 15 Bears game. Uh, there's just so many that like, well, if he, like these five throws are caught. There's maybe a different perceptive perception around like three different guys at this point. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's a little from all sides, but I kind of put it more on the um, on familiarity with everything at this point. Because I feel like you know. That that's also you're talking about like images lingering in your head. Like 2011 Aaron Rodgers, you're just like just chef's kiss, like it, it, phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's making every throw, has all the wide receiver talent in the world to throw to, etc. And then you compare it, and like you know there are some significant changes, whether it's a wide receiver mm-hmm. personnel, you know, obviously age, etc. But you know it, it's a matter of is he going to make all the like those amazing 2011 throws all the time? No. Can he still do them though? Absolutely. And I think like that's mm-hmm. why you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Besides everything else, obviously he brings to the table. So yeah, no, I, I 100% agree that I think it's just you know he's the guys getting to be 37 years old. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's what happens, guys. Like you know, as as you get older. Um, well, yeah. there's one one other thing I want to bring because I think one of the overblown parts, one of the things I always hear, I'm sure you hear it as well, is um, he throws off his back foot all the time. Like, oh well, my god! Yeah, he does, but he's always done that. But also, yes. if you look at if you look at his mechanics and you look at like how some mechanics are taught, he, the way he generates torque is with his hips, not with his feet. And so all these plat- these off platform throws he makes because he's able to do that, he can. <laughs> Now, as you get older, you do you can't rely on your arm quite as much. Deep ball is the first thing to go, and maybe we saw some evidence of that this year. But also the fact that like he's throwing off of his back foot. First of all, I don't know that some people know what throwing off of your back foot means. Absolutely um, not. But also, that's not necessarily a bad thing that he's doing that because that's not where all of his accuracy or power comes from. Yeah. And, and well, yeah, no, they've attacked Aaron Rodgers mechanics for quite some time. And I laugh because they keep beating their teams with the, those mechanics. So I'm fine. And then, you know, <laughs> but like it, it's the usual criticisms. He holds on to the ball too long. And like it's a catch 22. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Does he take sacks that he doesn't need to do? Absolutely. You know, but at the same time, does he also make incredible plays because, you know, he's extending the play and holding on to the ball? Absolutely. So like, what do you want? <laughs> like, there's there's only so well, much. Also, like you. Well, he can play with the rhythm. I think that's what gets me. Like he does, he does extend the plays, and I would like to see him cut down on that a little bit more and take what's given to him. I do think that's overblown because I do. He, he does that more often than people give him credit for. Yeah. I would like to see him do it more. Um, and I think with the floor's offense second year, um, I think there will. I think you could almost see him at times last year, like 
trying like processing like okay what's this play what are the reasons going a little slower than he normally goes you could you kind of track him doing that uh going through his reads and so i think some of the maybe breaking the pocket and doing that a little more this year uh was maybe due to the fact that he uh he really wasn't entirely sure by the time he got to a read he was kind of well i gotta break because things are feel like they're starting to break down a little bit so i think uh, hopefully this next year i mean the, i would go back to and granted it's been years ago now was uh, the 2016 Philly game mm-hmm. uh, that was the start of run the table. Yes. And he was just from the pocket and just shredding. Like we've seen him do it. We know he has it in him. We know he can do it. Um, it's just a matter of maybe doing that a little more consistently, but it's not like he has an inability to do it. He just sometimes chooses not to, <laughs> which is fine sometimes. Yeah, no, I know. And I mean, like at the end of the day too, like we're sitting here and like, you know, you, you talk about like these, like little, like these criticisms, but at the same time, like we went from a team that like did not make the playoffs. We fired Mike McCarthy after the Cardinals game. And then we made it to the mm-hmm. NFC championship game. And I know there are plenty of people out there. that are like, Oh, well they didn't deserve it. Like they were such a weak team. And I was like, look at the saints. And like, you, like we, we did it. Like, you know, I don't care how we got there. We, we made it there. Did we get our ass kicked? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But at the <laughs> same time, like, you know, I, I think it's it's funny because like what are your expectations going to be this year? Like, I, I, is it Super Bowl mm-hmm. like right away? Is it you know are they just gonna win the division? Because I think like you were saying before, like thirteen and three is a lofty goal. When last year we mm-hmm. were like, I hope we have a winning record <laughs> because you know <laughs> from what we had, it it was it was not pretty. And I think it's just a matter of mm-hmm. like wait and see and, and kind of just pray <laughs> but i have yeah i mean you also you always get the people that are like well it's green bay anything short of a super bowl is, is a failure like yeah. well i would like to win the super bowl every year like i i go into every year thinking most yeah. years i go and think you know the packers could certainly win this year and i and i hope they do yeah that'd be amazing if they do mm-hmm. but also there's these there's there's these benchmarks along the way i mean it was the first year under a rookie head coach and and rogers who wasn't looking like rogers in 2018 due to the broken leg and yeah this is the last NFC championship game and man that that wasn't any fun but there's positive to take out of this um there's always positive to take no i agree i got i got one final question for you and it's uh it's it might be a little bit of a doozy and i apologize okay the critics of brian gutekunst that who have all come out of the woodwork at this point right Mm -hmm. takes over during the 2018 draft, you know, get some great picks, right? Like you get a Jair Alexander, great. Josh Jackson, mm-hmm. we're praying, hopefully that works out. But then you also have like Jamon Moore, you have, of course, EQ, MVS, etc. 2019, mm-hmm. you know, you get Jenkins, which I absolutely loved that pick when we did it, and I love it yeah. even more now, like home run. But you have Rashawn Gary, right? Darnell Savage is another one, like great, hit it. And then you have Rashawn Gary, who a lot of people were scratching their head going like, what the hell are you doing, et cetera. And then come into 2020, where obviously this is like the most controversial draft, you know, for Brian Gutekunst. At what point, like how many years down the line, is it like three after this past draft where you start to look at it and go, okay, maybe we need to start like at least looking at Brian Gutekunst a little bit more critically and saying there might be some mistakes here. Cause while he has hit home runs, you know, he has also missed on some players as well as any GM is going to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just kind of like curious of like your overall evaluation of Brian Gutekunst as the GM in this short time thus far. 
my my knee jerk is to say I love him because of you know just the pitch you said and bringing in what he's done in free agency. But as far as just just straight draft evaluator, he's hit on enough at this point to where I don't feel bad about it. This past draft, um, this past draft was weird, and and so much kind of hinges on it, not just on the Jordan Love thing, but I also kind of wonder how much. And this, you know, you could read this as an indictment of him as well if you want to how much uh, LaFleur was kind of driving some of this or how much his needs were kind of driving it, you know, big into the best player available. Use free agency mm-hmm. as a way to plug some of those holes so you don't have to reach for a guy. Um, this, Some of this, uh, and again, love the player, don't love the position. Yep. Some of this felt like um, LaFleur said, okay, I really want Jordan Love and I really want A.J. Dillon and I really want Josiah Degola. Those are, I really want those three guys and I don't care what you have to do to do it. Just do it. And then Gutekunst was like, okay, you're the boss. We're going to build this team. Like, <laughs> If that was the case, then part of that is, okay, that's not Gutekunst's job to like, build a team for the coach because that's dumb. That's, yeah. that's We call that the Bill O'Brien. I was just that's about to say the Bill O'Brien <laughs> as he looks himself in the mirror. <laughs> what are we going to do today, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> You don't you don't want to do that no. for multiple reasons. Um, I think a lot hinges on this draft. Um, I think, and and honestly, some of it hinges on um, the development of Gary. You know, Gary last year. There's a lot of ways that could have gone with that. He's a guy with a ton of promise. That even at the time was he might not ever hit on this. He might not ever realize uh, kind of what he could do. Uh, and it's a risky pick. And then you do another one here, and then kind of what they did with Dylan and Degora. I think. Um, not not this coming year, but maybe the year after. Maybe when like uh, you know, maybe when Gary really should be entering his. Okay, this guy figured out he's going to terrorize everybody now. Yeah. And then you've got Dylan was in a full year, and Deguara, you know, had a chance to kind of you know play in sub packages this year and is ready to come on next year. I think depending on what happens, you know, not 2020, but we'll say uh, after the 2021 season, mm-hmm. I think I I think I'd feel comfortable. I, I don't like being too rash on that. Of course. You really do have to see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think if Gary's a bust and if, if Dylan is like, Dylan's fine and DeGuara is like just a guy, like you, you got to really start, I think, thinking about that. But I'm, you know, I, I get I'm not, I'm not signing this check, man. I don't know. It's 2021. Let's, let's <laughs> as you're, as you're like writing on your calendar, you're like, this is Gutekunst <laughs> judgment day. <laughs> yeah, you got I know. The, like, you see that, it's circled in red next to me. I'm trying to play it off, but I, it is. I've, I've got it with a, just a dagger stuck in the that's, <laughs> that's it. You already have the tweet compiled. Like you have like a meme folder for like if it goes well, if it doesn't go well. Here's what I'm going to post mm-hmm. on this day. <laughs> just, How dare you be looking into my computer? Man. I'm so you know, sorry. You know better than that. I'm sorry. I was just intrigued, and I, I have to say I enjoyed what I found. Um, <laughs> so, Thank you. Absolutely. But Dusty, it's been absolutely phenomenal talking to you i i greatly appreciate you coming on to the show late thursday night uh a grassy after hours which is not trademarked i should get on that but um please tell the people where they can find all the things that you do uh yes you can find me i post everything i do over on twitter so that's at dusty evely i'm writing over at cheesehead tv once a week on, uh, I'm losing track of days here, man. On Wednesdays around noon, I've got something. i got to figure out what I'm doing next. Because right now I'm revisiting the 2019 season, uh, breaking down, you know, three to four key plays. But also, I think this next one week's going to be week 16. So I'm running out of weeks. i got to figure out something to do. With, I'm, I've got to looking at a uh, deep dive of VQ, so I may be doing that. And then um, every morning, 
<laughs> towards, I don't know, the foreseeable future over on uh, Packer Report at 9 a.m. Eastern. I've got the uh, the good morning tweets you mentioned earlier. I've turned them into an article. So I'm taking uh, just kind of just one play, just a pass play is generally what I'm doing now is a, is a Rogers play. And just what I've, what I really like to do, you show the highlights because my God, these throws. And I've just been trying to, to break it down a little. So, you know, talk a little, um, talk a little about the concept, talk a little about what they're trying to accomplish, talk a little bit about what did what. Uh, just provide a little context for that. Um, it's really not for anybody but me. That's, that's fun for me to do, and I don't care. If you're not <laughs> it, but I, I am enjoying it. So All that uh, that is, that's where you can find me. Beautiful. Absolutely. Well, Dusty, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. And, uh, of yeah. course, you're a great Twitter follower. So, if anything, it's like, follow, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you're a great Twitter follower. You like my tweets. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounded on, so well, I mean, condescending listen, and douchey. I, <laughs> I, I swear, I, am a I meant follow. Follower. You're right. I'm, a, I'm very good at that. I, 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 I try hard. I really try hard. <laughs> you push that heart button so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right that was yeah, great thanks for having me on man you know love love your stuff thanks for having me on uh this is amazing and yeah let me know man i'm open to it again so go check out dusty he's wonderful you can always send me at tomgrassycomedy.com or at tomgrassycomedy on all social media see down below check out podcasts on soundcloud itunes google play music spotify and of course youtube and a big shout and thank you to all the patron members over at patreon.com slash tomgrassycomedy uh also when this comes out on Friday, we'll be streaming tonight. I haven't figured out what time yet, but we will do that. So thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.